noble truths about what's happening here, yeah, which is, you know, there's suffering, yeah, suffering produced by uh, wanting or desiring, and in some translations is desiring to become, which I really like, because that's what selfing is. Selfing's trying to become a something, yeah. The mind's trying to produce a sense of being a something. So then it says, all right, well, the thing is, is to stop the suffering, yeah? And this is how to do it. And then he goes into the Eightfold Noble Path, yeah? So the Four Noble Truths are about basically the basic condition here of dissatisfaction, yeah? And uh, produced by desiring things to be different in a sense, yeah? And then the Four Noble Paths, I mean, the Eightfold Path has... The first one, which, and some people say it's circular, but some people say it's linear. I like the linear view of it, because it says right view, yeah? And then it says right, like, livelihood, right understanding, right meditation, right practice, whatever. There's seven more rights, things you can do here, but I believe the most important one is the right view. And the main view in, like, organized Buddhism, because Buddha, they didn't have anything written from him for 300 years. It was an oral tradition. They didn't have written, they didn't have written language. So they, they had a lot of chanting to remember what supposedly he said. So that's, and also the chanting produces an effect on the brain waves. It calms the brain waves. See, the brain produces waves. Like uh, there's delta, uh, theta, and alpha. Alpha is like an alert sense of state. And they found that they can produce that with certain technologies, but they also found that chanting and doing mantras do the same thing. You get into such a groove, the mind starts producing that wave that the chant is uh, replicating. So you, it, actually, this shit works. Yeah, it's funny. So what they did is that they would chant it and stuff. And so one of the things with that is, you know, the right view. And Buddhism's first and most important point is there is no self. Yeah? They used to call it anatta then, meaning non-self. So in Buddhist, you know, and this is just the history of him, supposedly. But he, he went to his own laboratory, which was his body and his life, and he investigated because the prevalent idea back then in India, that's where he's from, northern India, where they call Nepal now, I don't, probably you weren't expecting a little history. I could be way off, but this is how, this is my understanding. But it's from Nepal area now. And so what he would, and at that time, the prevalent idea was there was an eternal soul, you know, that transmigrated from body to body in this whole process to get to perfection, you know, by living through the body and going through purification like that. And that was the prevalent idea. So he was there at that time, and yet he investigated, he went to the best masters, and he didn't find anything they were teaching that be that satisfying. And so he, um, his realization was, he looked in and he didn't find anybody. There ain't no soul. There's nothing that transmigrates from body to body. Yes? There is no self. And the sense of self could be uh, the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Usually identified as a body, yeah? Being a body. Now, bringing it back to now, in recovery, which is... And in India, they call deep mental grooves samskaras, yes? And people have, if you want to call them people, 
mind here has deep mental grooves, tendencies. And what alcoholism is to me is a very deep mental groove. Yeah? It's a very strong mental groove. And a mental groove means when that thing kicks out, there's no way in hell you, as an imaginary phantom person, is going to fucking fight it. (laughs) You're just a product of a mental groove yourself. Yeah. You're not going to stand it. You're not going to withstand it when it comes up. It's sort of like being possessed or taken over. Yeah. Some people, it happens with rage or other things. Things come up and they just have. No matter how much socialization they've been through, no matter how much religion they've been through, there's the acting out. Yeah, there's nothing to stop it. Well, let's say alcoholism is a deep mental groove. Yeah? And that deep mental groove is a mental process that produces a sense of being a self, which Buddha basically said there isn't one. And so the whole point of the Eightfold Noble Path for me, in a sense, is before you do meditation and all this and all that, for it to be right, the right view has to be in place. Yeah? That's why it says the first one is right view. It doesn't, it's not the sixth one or the eighth one. So if you look at that as a linear thing, like you would look at the 12 steps, I would say the right view is like the first step. It's the only one you need to do perfectly in a sense. Yeah? So the right view, because that will infuse when you do meditation to cause it to be the right kind of meditation, because there won't be a sense of you doing the meditation, which is, that's the juice, yeah? So, if there is no self, then when anything's being done, there's a sense of the doing of it, but there's not an interpretation of there's a you doing it, yeah? Doing is happening, like Lord Buddha said, events happen and deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof, yeah? So there's a lot of activity happening, a lot of things going on, but the sense of being the doer is, is a product of a mental process. It's not a logical uh, inference from the experience here. It's a big fucking leap, actually, yeah? So there's doing, but when the mental process entertains the doing, it claims it as the doer, yeah? So let's say meditation may be very beautiful, maybe not, who knows? It's, I think it's sort of, uh, it's got a little juice to it, but mostly it's up to the person who thinks they're doing it, really, for the results in a sense. So let's just say that. So there's the meditation, and there's a feeling of you meditating. What actually, in all that meditation, what can happen, doesn't say it will, what can happen is another construction of another idea of a self called the spiritual self. So now you've done to a lot of retreats and you've done a year-long one and a three-month one and a one-month one and a retreat with some therapy mixed in and some fucking tantra or Indian cooking or whatever. All these thrown in. And now there's a sense of being an adept at spiritual life. Yeah? Who is that who is adept at the spiritual life? That would be a sense of being a someone. That's the bondage. The sense of being a someone's the bondage. Yeah? And it doesn't matter what's happening, it can use whatever's happening as a bonding agent. It doesn't care if it's quote-unquote spiritual or not. There's going to be a bonding agent involved, and if there's a feeling that it's you doing it, that thing that you may believe is taking you out of here is how you actually appear to be here. Yes? That's the trick with it. 
I did it for like nine, ten years, meditation. Seriously, too, whatever you want to call it, seriously. I do it every day. Went to Thailand, went to places to sit 13 hours a day, two, three weeks. All the while that activity was going on, there was a template, a mental template I had no idea of, was that there was me, which, which comprises of thousands of old ideas, yes, and conditionings and beliefs. That me, that composite of all that, was now practicing to get out of that me, which is a form of being in the me. Yeah? And so you hope that if I do more, longer, somehow, or like in recovery it says, the biggest delusion is that we believe everything would work great if we could just manage better. See? We realize it's not working, but we believe it's because we're not managing really well. If we only could manage well, everything would go great. This is the this is like the carrot before the horse, forever, you know? Because you believe, if I only did more, yeah, more, harder, turbocharged, this, that, that it's going to produce a result it hasn't produced by not doing so much, because it cannot possibly be mistaken that this isn't a path to lead me to liberation, so it must be because I haven't been on it long enough, or I haven't been on it hard enough, or I haven't been with the right people long enough. And I haven't read enough books, and I haven't purified the body enough, and it's selfing, selfing, selfing. Yeah? All the reflection of the activity isn't on the open space of infinite grace, let's say, but on you, standing in front of the open space of infinite grace. You know what I mean? It's again, it's like everything that's happening is used like one of those suntan reflectors. You know what I mean? Reflecting everything gets reflected back as you. Oh yes, I'm basking in my own glory. And it can be shitty as hell. It, that's still glory to it. It has, doesn't have anything to do with that it's great. And it's, you know, and that's the glory. It's bad. The bad is a strong, a, just a strong reflection as the good to the mind, yeah? So if you're really, really bad, and no one has done the bad things that you've done, it's sort of like the same thing. <sighs> reflecting, reflecting, reflecting. Like, they, in recovery, they always talk about it as negative pride. You think you're the worst piece of shit in the world, which is just another flip side of, like, thinking you're the greatest piece of shit in the world. They're both thinking a lot. Yeah? So, <clears throat> right few. Maybe he was onto something. Maybe you could say that the right few he was talking about was that there is no self. Yeah? And so, let's say, if what would happen if you'd entertain, instead of trying to be delivered to the other shore, you know, with all the different rafts that are available here, maybe you'd realize that the shore you're on is basically the other shore. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're the otherness of the shore, not the shore and the other shore. <laughs> you are right there and then. Just as you seem to be, because you're not. Yeah? If you were that, it would need a huge urban renewal project to change your ass. The only solution is you're not that. It can't be that you are that, because then you haven't done enough, definitely. You better do like, one of my friends has done a hundred, maybe more now, about 135 10-day retreats in his life. 135 10-day retreats. 
that would be like 3,000, it would be like eight years or something of his life. He's probably up to about 160 now. Yeah. 135 10 days retreats is a lot of 10 day retreats. What is that, how many? 135 times seven, what is that? 1,350, right? That's over three years. You know, when's it, when's it enough? When is it, instead of seeing it as something that's going to reduce an effect, you see it as a way of expressing a cause? <laughs> yeah? Instead of attempting to produce an effect, <laughs> you know, it's here to express a cause, a causeless cause that isn't based on you or the condition you believe you're in. Because if it was, it would be coming and going all the time, wouldn't it? Maybe it would seem like it was more available when you're in a very peaceful, loving place. Yeah, there's no bills, no phones, people are feeding you every day. The biggest thing you have to do is walk from the hut to the temple and sit on your ass all day. Fuck, it's easy to be okay there. What happens when you leave? You get common ground and read, where's the next big retreat? Let's see. On and on and on. It can go on and on and on. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it at all. But isn't the drive that there is something wrong? Isn't there? There must be something that's not kosher to have such a motivating move towards, you know, doing these, like, uh, aesthetic things. You know, 14 hours a day sitting on your ass and walking quietly is not something... When I was two to four years old, I wasn't thinking of that as something to do, you know? I wasn't thinking I actually needed to meditate. Maybe because there was like a state of meditation going on, you know, awakeness. You know, at that point, everything was okay. There was no drive to have anything different, was there? I looked at my mother. I didn't judge her for her body or anything like that. I didn't walk around my house thinking my room was too small. I should have a bigger, you know, my brother shouldn't, we shouldn't be sharing a room. Get him in there. And, uh, you know, where's all my yak clothes? <laughs> None of that was coming up, yeah? There was a freedom that was expressing itself in that certain way. What we have here a lot, in the search for freedom, what's expressing itself is a bondage. A mental bondage, obviously. If you don't, if you see that in most movements, when you're moving towards something, there's a moving away from something else, in the dualistic frame of things, yeah? Most of us can recognize what we're moving towards, but maybe it's difficult to see where we're moving away from. And if you're running towards something really fast, you must be running away from something really fast. <laughs> you're just taking the running away from something as running towards something. Because <laughs> this is like Bizarro World. Remember DC Comics? It was a world, Bizarro World, that everything was opposite than here. Well, this, is, this is also the Bizarro World. Everything is opposite. Moving towards is really a moving away. Who knows? Yeah? Have you seen it, really? When I was up for five, seven days on coke, you know, and it would look like after seven days in an area right near Rosenthal and those little fucking wretched apartments near Pope Street, mingled around all over there, there would be uh, sitting there and, and then the, the, there'd be a rude awakening. We're running out of coke, you know? No more. Can't shoot up anymore. And suddenly, I was moving towards the rug. 
looking for coke, yes? Now, I don't think I really was, I don't think the movement was, that was so attractive to me. I hadn't moved towards a rug most of the time. Usually I walk over rugs, I don't move and start foraging, you know what I mean? So, I don't think it was a moving towards the rug. It was a moving away from the fucking mental hell of not having what I wanted, yes? Now everyone would see it, see, oh, everyone's moving towards the rug. Well, it's the first one, and then that idea is like the hundred monkey syndrome, you know? The hundred junkie syndrome. You're all sitting there, one goes down, the next one goes down, and then after a while the whole apartment is everyone's foraging around the rug. <laughs> Coming back with imaginary pieces of coke. <laughs> and shooting it up. You think that was moving towards that? I would say it was a moving away from something. Yeah, the unbearability. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I had whatever, you know, that spiritual search was really a moving away quite a lot for me. I wanted to transcend this place. I really did. I wanted to get out of here. I had a couple of impressions young and when I was young that I got overwhelmed by feelings, you know, like when my father and my grandmother died, when I was nine, I was overwhelmed by feelings, and it really flipped me out, my little head. And I made some decisions. It didn't sit, didn't like, I didn't sit down and make the decisions, but my conditioning made certain decisions that I can't risk this ever happening again. I got to have a feeling in place before any other feelings, like, you know, sneak up on me. You know what I mean? I need something tried and true that I can feel. So, getting loaded was a pretty good one, yeah? I basically was occupied by that most of the time, and I was under its influence most of the time, so no matter what feeling life brought me, I already had a feeling in place, which was being loaded, you know? And it was significantly working, no matter how bad the consequences were. The basic premise was working in my little prehistoric mind, it was producing a survival. I mean, I wasn't getting jumped by heavy-duty feelings anymore because I could give a shit about most people. All I cared about was getting high. Yeah. But that was like a pact with the devil. And it exacted its toll, for sure. And even way before, way, way after it had been seen to be totally obsolete, the contract was signed. I had no way out, you know? And then the word partying hadn't meant that for years. It was an occupation. I mean, I had to stay out of, I had to be loaded. There wasn't any choice. Even if there wasn't ever, ever a choice, there was obviously no choice the last five, six years. You know, it was just fucking, I gotta get high every day. So, what would motivate such an addiction? Obviously, a really deep unbearability somewhere. Now, we're pretty civilized and socialized, so it's covered up quite a lot. But you can, leak, you can, you can see it, like, uh, it leaking out at times. Like when they have those big sale days at the end of the year and people are stampeding through the doors of Best Buy. I mean, they'd run over their fucking mother if they had a, you know, they're just fucking, <laughs> I'm getting that plasma TV. I don't give a shit who's in the way. I mean, there's strong movements, yeah? Now, you would think that's another moving towards, but that, that thing, that state of what they're moving away from, that special day is there every day. 
there's no sale day that. That's always there. Always running the show from the dark, yeah? There's no sale day for that. That's on all day, every day. Watch people. Watch their movements. Watch, watch the seeking. Just because it's dressed well and drinking a nice long stem glass of champagne or something, check the seeking out. Seek the drive. What could cause such seeking? Either an imaginary or a real unbearable state. Yes? I would say it's an imaginary state. But if you're identified with the center of it, it's as real as real can be. I mean, you cannot, even though it's a subjective hell, when someone's in it, it's fucking pretty heavy. You know? And coming out of addiction, I have empathy for that. People are cooking up there, and you know, they can't present it to anyone else because it's not happening now. It's happening in the head. And yet, to them, it's as real as real can be. More real than most things, obviously, because it's overriding everything else that would seem to be real. Yeah, they're locked in their house, and the man, they're just... I mean, I've met tons of them in recovery, you know. Well, so what could produce such effects? And wasn't producing those effects, let's say, when you were young. I don't know. I wasn't in an abusive situation. I wasn't in a fear-ridden place when I was a kid. I was in a typical low, lower middle class family. It was pretty cool. It gave me a, I was like a free-range kid, you know. It's just nothing. My father wasn't beating on me. My brother was. <laughs> My father was. And stuff like that. So it was pretty, you know, open. Pretty cool. What happened? What happened? What grew that caused a forgetfulness of all that and then slowly but surely building up a huge tolerance to something that's totally intolerable. Really. You know, totally intolerable. Just because it, we're used to it doesn't mean it's intolerable. You have to realize here, as this little configuration, we're very adaptable, probably more so than the cockroaches, yeah, which are a pretty adaptable bug. We adapt to hell. And no, as an addict, I hit bottoms where we would call them a bottom, and I just moved in. I furnished it and invited people over. I just got used to almost what was unbelievably flipped out. And then I'd be evicted from that one, and I'd just maybe have a little ruffling of feathers, but I just flew into the next scoop. <laughs> got used to it. Shack where I live, everything like that. And I just didn't seem like it was going to be ever an end. I just seemed to be able to take an unbelievable level of fucking abuse in and out. Yeah. What's the cause of all that? What's the center of all that? No matter how painful it is, it, it can still produce a lot more suffering when selfing is the one that's believing it's, it's happened to it. Yes, When selfing claims pain, it turns into fucking suffering. Big time. And because that's its movement, it claims everything. That's it what it that's what it does. A body is never held as a body, it's my body. Or your body. Yeah. Thoughts, my thoughts. Yeah. Time, my time. Life, my life. Terrible things that were done, my terrible things that I did. 
This is incredible claiming. Yeah? What happens if physical pain arises? You don't think the selfing is going to claim that and use it to just fucking take off on a story? You better believe it. That's its nature. It's like that story with the snake, you know, and the lady saves the snake and feeds it, puts it in a little shoebox, you know, rubs it every day, its little belly. And then everything, and then it goes to try to pick it up one, like two days later, and the snake bites her. And she goes, why did you bite me, Mr. Snake? I've been so nice to you. I've taken care of you. I saved you. And he goes, hey, I'm a snake. Yes? Find the nature of the conditional mind. See its movements, claiming, big time movement. Yes? Claiming. That's its whole movement. It doesn't have a life, so it claims one. Yes? And now, and you believe, <laughs> this is the real wing. This is the real one. The life that's claimed, you call it yours. <laughs> You're not even aware of what's taken it. You actually, in recovery, they speak about it so cleanly. It says, being convinced that self, self, yeah, feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Being convinced, to believe with certainty, that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, self's, common manifestations. Just the common ones, because there's a lot of them. There are a lot of manifestations. But some of the common, common ones. And it goes to the next paragraph. It says resentment is the number one offender. So if you follow the logic of that statement, at least the way I've seen it, which is that self, one of its common manifestations in a life that it's claimed is resentment. You tend to look at things as threats, and they remind you of a feeling. That's what resentment means. To read is to do again, and sentary is to feel. So to resent is to re-feel. In other words, how could you re-feel here? You can't unless there was something called the past here. Unless there was a mental realm called the past here, you could never re-feel anything here. You couldn't re-feel anything here. Everything that would be happening would be new, yes? But to re-feel something, there must be a reality that we don't see, and that's past and future. In that reality, whatever feeling arises now is seen as a feeling that it has believed arose lit before. So you re-feel everything. How the hell are you going to get out of something that's happening now when its interpretation is not from here? It's from the past. <laughs> then you have to try to get to the root of it, which is like fucking... <laughs> it's one day the trail goes, oh, I'm getting closer. The same trail leads to a jungle the next day. It never fucking leads to the place you want it to lead to because you're in a mental realm that anything can happen in because it's not happening. I've seen so many people, I think I got to the root of the resentment. Four years later, it's up again. Same fucking resentment they thought they dealt with. Coming back, coming back, it's just giant long orbits. They always show back up like comets or asteroids. You think, oh, it only comes every 35 years, but <laughs> there it is again. Some come every day because of vanity, let's say. How do people see me today? My looking, looking. Those, those seem to be very, very frequently occurring, but they're all in orbits, all orbiting, all orbiting the planet Paul. 
all orbiting the sense of being a someone. That's the gravitational pull. A thought is just a thought until it's my thought. Then it stays in the orbit. And then, oh, there's my thought again. There's another one of my thoughts. And there's tons of my thoughts. Yes? Total occupation with these thoughts may produce the sense of being a planet who has those thoughts. Yes? Just could possibly be the maker of the, your little solar system. The movement of claiming could produce the sense of being the one who's the thinker of these thoughts. Probably could. I would say it does. The thoughts don't. The thoughts are just thoughts. We give it, this mind gives it a meaning through my thought, through the idea, ah, that's my thought. As soon as it's my thought, there's, you have so many fucking mental grooves. The mind is like a, it's like a data of information streaming, yes? And there's this one stream called self-centeredness. And that has a lot of old ideas, because it believes in the past, beliefs, tons of conditionings, yes? And all of those are ready and willing to be activated. How are they activated? By seeing a thought, yes? That doesn't do enough. As seeing a thought as my thought, that activates them. Now, these old ideas inject through the mind into the thought, yes? How could it not be? You could have the same thought I'm having, if I realize, and it could be driving you crazy, yes? But if I see it as your thought, it won't drive me crazy. The same thought, if I see it as my thought, will drive me crazy. It's not the thought, it's the mind. It's the act of being identified. That is the movement of bondage here. There is no one to be bonded, yes? But there can be the sense of bondage. It's a verb. The sense of bondage is there's someone that's being bonded or bound, yeah? That's the product of the bondage. The, bondage, the, the verb of bondage produces a sense of being the one who is bound, yeah? That's it, but there is no one who is bound, but there is the verb of bonding, 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 yes? Because everything comes here, everything comes here like a like a cola palette, and yet this my injects it with, let's say, 20, 80% of yellow, yeah? So every blue, green, red gets injected with yellow. So everything starts seeming just like the same old, same old, yeah? Life's bringing all these new colors to yellow, injected. Oh, these are mine. These are my feelings, my thoughts, my situations, my girlfriend, my money, my property. Check it out. Weigh it. Hold money and then say, my money. What's the difference? Huge difference. Money. All right. Money is supposed very important in this society, yes? You're probably going to be traveling and be engaged with it directly or indirectly since you've been an adult, yeah? Until maybe you're passing away. Yes? So money is going to be something that's going to be engaging the mind here and especially our society, unless we move into the jungles and stuff like that, yes? So here we go. You're going to have to travel with the idea of money as we're living here in this place called time. Okay? One way of traveling, money. When you have more, pretty nice, gratitude. When you don't have less, hey, maybe I should take some action. 
okay? And then you'll pass away or go to a senior citizen home, whatever. Okay, now, same situation. My money. Let's say you have a lot of old ideas that you'll never have enough. So here's your cash register. A million dollars, but not translating into an ease and comfort in you. Because you're still afraid you don't have enough. And none of, no, no matter what amount you get, it's never going to change that idea. Yeah? So you're not having any relationship with money. You're having a relationship with my money. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's much different. And I bet you, your traveling is going to be very, very heavy. Because no matter how much you have, it's not going to be enough. And when you don't feel like you have enough, you're going to be anxious. You're going to be so concerned about money, money will basically own you instead of you having it. Yeah? You're going to travel in this freaking life unless you move to a cave. And I don't see you doing that, Orion, right tonight. Maybe soon. Yeah? But probably you're going to have to live here in this society a little longer, yes? We're going to have to travel through stuff that's sort of like flypaper, very sticky. You ever gotten stuck in bureaucracy here? I did. I used to get arrested a lot when I was young. And I mean, it went on for years, court dates, getting urinalysis every month, my family trying to put me into like a mental hospital so keep me from going to jail. All oh, shit happened. All I wanted to do was get high. I got high once and the cops arrested me and then a bummer for years later on. Yeah? Traveling heavy as hell. Fucking every day. <laughs> So, what would happen is, okay, sex, same thing, relationships, all these things that seem to be engaged here with, yes? They're going to be in relationships to animals, the environment, people, whatever. The rest of the time we're alive, pretty much, yeah? Relationship. You ever had a relationship with a girl who's really nice, you know, having a, really a lot of fun, and then that one cursed day, it turns into my girlfriend, Yes? Now, your idea of that woman and, and what's your business and what's her business changes dramatically. And then maybe you'll be up on stalking charges in a month or two, yeah? Because she'll be following her home, parking, see who's visiting her. I want to have like a calendar of what you do every day. Where did this come from? You were having going to movies and frolicking around. Oh, yes, it was fun. Everything was great. Oh, this girl I'm seeing is fantastic. My girlfriend. Totally, totally different. That's what happens when people get married. They were, they mustn't have been insane, all of them, and they got married, and then they, came, they woke up to the insanity. No, they seemed to be really working it pretty good. But then they entered what is called marriage, and there's tons of old ideas, social conditioning about marriage. So when it's your marriage... You cannot believe how much meaning is going to be injected into it. So it was whole, so much fun before, and now it sucks. What happened? How, how could she have changed so quickly? <laughs> She's my wife instead of the girlfriend. Oh, a girlfriend I know. My wife, totally different. No more sex anymore. Fucking, you know, bigger and better houses and country squires and kids and everything. On and on and on. You don't see the, 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 the distribution of meaning, and that is actually your experience here? Because it is a subjective experience, yes? I can't, I don't know how Orion experiences something. I don't. Yeah? 
The same thing, you may have a totally different hit on it than I do. That's why this place is, is a subjective experience. That means there's a lot of meaning given to things. Yeah? Now, what would happen is if you've had a certain flavor of meaning for a long, long time here, and it hasn't been that satisfying to you, yeah? and yet you've still hooked into the system where you think that if I only manage better, this thing will really turn around. And when something really starts working out, I'll be able to enjoy it. I'll be able to really entertain peace of mind if it ever shows up again. It's bullshit. You'll keep seeking and seeking and seeking. Yeah? yeah? But there, there you go. There's that, that, that belief that somehow it's going to work out. It's a dead fucking horse. It's a failed system. That's one of the greatest things recovery told us. It said very clearly, why are you in so much fear today? And it doesn't let you give a big fucking dissertation about why. It says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So obviously, if self-reliance has failed us, it's not particularly only failing you. That would be very self-centered of you to think only that. It's maybe a failed system. It's just delivering what it does, which is instead of a product that delivers rationalization why the product isn't here on time. Excuses, blaming others for stopping the product from translating into happiness for you, right? These are all strategies of a failed system. Something that delivers the goods doesn't have to have an excuse, does it? If you had a deal, all right, you're going to, the wood should be here at 3 o'clock tomorrow, and they, uh, they arrive there, when the guy has you sign the paper, he's not giving you excuses why he's on time. You know what I mean? He's on time. He delivered the goods. And he doesn't have a rationalization why he couldn't deliver the goods today, because he delivered the goods. And he's not blaming everyone for why I'm on time. Yeah, because he's on time. You see? That system at that time was viable. It worked. A failed system thrives on excuses, rationalization, and blame. Isn't that what your head's quite like? Yes. It's always trying to explain why it's not okay now. <laughs> Maybe because the captain is fucked. Maybe you've got to fail the captain of the boat. I mean, fail fire. Maybe. No, I think we just need more, more crew members. A better sail. You know how many people have followed the same fucking failed system of hoping that, oh, if we could only manage better, it would be great. No, it's a dead horse. Just get off. Stop resuscitating in recovery, it says, abandon yourself. Abandon, not you. You don't have to be abandoned. The self. Abandon the self to the higher power. Because the self is believing it's playing God because it hasn't met a power greater than it. When, once it meets a power greater than it, you see its true size, which is no size whatsoever. It only has you by trying to, you moving away from it. When you're running and calling it, I'm really moving towards a successful life, but you're really running away from that. When the running away from that stops, and there's a turning on seeing it, there's nothing there. So the mind comes out of that. It's like a glove that's in, seriously. 
Everything it touches, everything that's touched, it takes itself to be, it touches. It's, it's like your mouthpiece, it's your translator, it's the narrator, it's the haver of the life. It's sort of beating you to the punch. Yeah? The conscious contact is always there at all times as long as you're alive. There's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, even the sense of a breath moving. If you're not doing anything, it's still a sense. It's still an awareness, yes? There's still onness going on. But the head shows up later and claims it all. I'm the one who's laying here feeling the breath. Jesus Christ, there's just the feeling of breath. You know how liberating that is? Just to walk in a room instead of be walking in a room and all your attention is the mind thinking about, did anyone see me walk in the room? How do I look tonight? All this, you know, on and on and on. What is it all about anyway? It's seeking something, isn't it? If you get, if you boiled it all down, you'd be seeking something, either approval, your own or someone else's. There's always seeking, seeking, seeking to try to fill an imaginary gap. It's a bottomless hole because it isn't a hole. No matter how much you get to put in, it never satiates it because there's no hole. It's the act of putting it in that produces the sense of a whole. Yeah? It's the act of constantly, constantly trying to get better that verifies your seeming state of not being okay. This, this invitation is like a couple of drops of gas in a carburetor that won't start. Yes? You put it in. You have the key which you've been given, the right view, yeah? You put a couple of drops of gas in, a live meeting, and then the, the carburetor catches, yes? You don't keep pouring gas in after that, do you? As soon as the engine starts, you usually stop pouring the gas in, because if you keep pouring the gas in, it will flood it, yeah? The gas is sort of like, this invitation is like a catalyst. There's, the chemistry is already in place. It just needs a catalyst to set the, the ignition yes, of the chemicals to produce what it wants to produce, which is not a production, actually. It triggers off something. Yeah? So this message, have you ever gotten a 50-page invitation? See, this invitation is a very short, precise, concise invitation or a message. I have the, on my voicemail only 30 seconds. If you don't, if it takes longer than that, it's not a fucking message anymore. You know, if you're going to tell me, it's like five minutes of explaining, it's not a message. The message is, hey, Paul, I'll be there at 11.30, call me if you're going to make it. Okay, there you go, I got the message. The message, why you need to be there, Paul? Because if you're not there, it's going to signify, on and on, that's not a message. So this is like something, it's like a catalyst. I, we present it, we have the space, I found it works. I've been doing it for years. I haven't been, but I've been engaged in this activity for many, many years, and it's verifiable in my own and other people's sensations and senses. I can sense it. So I have a total confidence in this catalyst, I have total confidence in the mind, Yeah, and then it's just a matter of, Freezing the desire to know 
and allowing the mind to take its pure, like another kind of posture, which is, I don't know, and then life is about finding out that's much more convincing than knowing anything. Because you'll never convince the head up here, because it's a binary system. It's, I've seen people who were thoroughly convinced that they should never touch another drink, and then I see them the next day and they're loaded. Yet when you heard them share, it was unbelievable. The sense of the room, it, I mean, it was totally as authentic as an artificial place can get. <laughs> but the ability to be convinced swings to being unconvinced. You don't want, this is not to be relied on. And if you're waiting for this to fucking get it, you're going to be waiting a long time. It's the maker of time. This is about bypassing that. I don't know. All right? If you don't know, you're totally in the position to find out. And when you find out, it bypasses here, it bypasses even the heart, and it goes to the gut. Yeah? And there's an unspoken yes. And if you don't have the balls to finally feel like you're, you're the own, your own authority down here, you'll never fucking have it. There's got to be some point where something really registers and there's an aha that's not questioned and thrown into doubt and fucking gone over and shredded and, and fucking whatever you call when they do a, an anatomy thing, an autopsy and taking all the parts out. What does this mean? Give me a fucking break. Just go with it. See where it takes you. Find out. And then the verification won't be in books because they'll come and go won't be in places, locations, won't be with specific people and only those people. It will be like a free-range availability. Wherever you are, the answer will be there, with no requirement necessary, at all times. Yeah? You want to just get a sense of a pause. There it is. If you just a sense of pause... What you've been, what St. Francis tried to help us save time by saying, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's really looking in a pause is what you're looking for. Because it ain't you in a pause that's looking. It's in all this fucking activity there seems to be a you looking. But in the pause, there's a really nice sample that it ain't you. That's what I'm looking for. So when, if selfing is a verb, yeah, that means it could be startled into stopping. So what is a pause is when the selfing stops and then something continues. When you stop, something continues. I'd say where that's something that continues. It doesn't start when you stop, and it doesn't stop when you start. It's always so, but it just becomes available to our attention when our selfing, when the selfing stops. Yeah. Let it occur. There'll be a sinking up. If the tentacles of your head, your little selfing head, don't get their little fucking grimy tentacles on it and try to figure it out and know it and I got it, if you can just sort of watch that and I'm not that, so keep the little tentacles from claiming it, there'll be a, you'll be like an experiment of conviction going on as you're living life. You'll find out that at one point you only entertained, now you'll have found out about what you've entertained. Yeah. 
the entertaining will continue on and on and on and on and on. When you're mad, when you're not mad, when you feel really peaceful, when you're fucking flipped out, it doesn't matter. All those are mental states being produced by stimuli and conditioning. But you are not that. Why be beholden to the, such, say, the selfs or the parasites' expressions? Why do you want to keep claiming them to be yours and writing fucking stories about them and passing them on to other people and trying to get their help? Which is all just like polishing your own handcuffs. Yeah? At least get the right view before you go into all your other activities. Get the right view. If you're not that, then those expressions of it are not yours. Yeah? If you're not self, then the expressions of self cannot be yours. Why is it that every time an expression of self is noticed, they're called mine? I would say that's the act of the bondage to self. That's called the act of being identified with the self's expressions. These are my resentments and my fears and my harming other people. My, 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 my. How do you expect to get free with the application of the problem? So we sit around talking about the solution, but while we're talking about the solution, the problem is like knitting its little web. It's incredible. Everything. Oh, I've really learned that this fear I never knew was mine. I found a deeper fear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, that's why they used to say ignorance is bliss. I'm telling you, self-knowledge will drive you fucking crazy. It will avail you nothing. You learn more and more. There's deeper, deeper little layers of mental anxieties and fears. And each one that's discovered, you'll put the flag of self in it. My fear. I didn't know. This fear I found out, this, this deep fear of mine, has been the phantom eclipsing every sunny day of my whole life. Fucking incredible. There it was. You saw the selfing and you put a flag in it. My that's the act of being identified. You can't beat it. So, you see that one? I hope, am I that crazy? I hope this got across. You discover something about quote-unquote you. Yes? You, you're getting closer to the authentic self, but there's this, there's this like giant membrane of anxiety and, and all this, and that's the one you really have to say is yours. <laughs> That's the, you know, every time you find a deeper level of the expression of self, there's still the claiming. Another flag is stuck in there. <laughs> every step you're feeling like you're getting out of it, you're more in it. Like an onion, you keep peeling it in this space. Just go to the space or first and then watch the peeling of the onion. But knowing the space is empty, when all the peeling's done, there ain't nothing there. You know, that would be the right view, because life is gonna be like a peeling of an onion. The right view is there isn't one core that's gonna be revealed. You ever see it? You peel the onion. There's nothing there. There's no center. 
This mind, this mental onion, can produce tons of skins. It makes them up. It doesn't want you to get to the center. Because no, there's nothing there. There's nothing been there the whole time. What? What is? Is the center different when it's the first layer of skin or the 80th layer of skin of an onion? Is it different when it's the first layer has been checked out? Are you any closer to the center than at the 50th? When there is no center? like the rings of hell, the skins of an onion. Yes, I'm on the 50th ring of hell. I'm going to get to the center of it. And then there'll be heaven. No, there won't. There'll be exactly what was there to begin with. Nothing. What? So basically, your whole mind was trying to make a giant something out of, get, out of getting to nothing. You see, the agenda was... I'm just going to make a whole lot of something so I don't have to fucking admit the nothingness of everything. So, there's never going to be the last layer of skin. The onion will just keep onioning, yeah? But I'm getting closer. I can feel it. How can you feel nothing? <laughs> I can feel the nuclear center of the onion. The authentic self is waiting for me. Fuck. I think it's totally insane. And then you're here, entertaining idea of enlightenment and pissing on the whole fucking day. You know? You're rushing home. You, I mean, you want to rush right through the washing the dishes so you can sit on your pillow. Because meditation is more important than washing dishes. It's a self thing, total self thing. It's okay. Just realize there isn't a you. It's not about changing and, oh, I'm going to have to think of everything with great equilibrium. Give me a break. You're all preferences and opinions. But there's no one there having them. That's the good news. So when you're, when you're met, washing the dishes and your mind's saying, oh, this sucks. I can't wait to meditate. There's no fucking discrepancy. There's no one there doing that. And there's no one that's going to sit and do the meditation. So all of it's this thing of this was good and this is bad has no relevance without a center. Yes? It doesn't matter if the mind thinks, oh, I'm rushing through the dishwashing. Fuck, so who cares? To get to the meditation pillow, who cares? Yeah? Has no weight because all the weight is based on the meaning of the center. It's really important. It's really important that Paul doesn't take Washing dishes as a menial chore and, high, and hold meditation higher. It throws a bad light on Paul. You see? It doesn't mean squat. Your opinions and preferences, let them cook. We're all working on the wrong <laughs> We're working on the manifestation and not even sensing. As if, if we get the manifestation right, we'll see what's really happening. up all on that, man. Fuck it. I'm an uncouth, inappropriate, relentless joker. I'll drive people insane, irritate the hell out of them. I enjoy the hell out of them. Fuck it. I can surf and paint houses the same day. 
I don't have to do one or the other. I work, I surf, surf in the morning and I go work in the afternoon. Seems to work out fine. Yeah? This whole either or thing is out the window. Things are inclusive. You don't have to fucking suffer to get ahead. Give up getting ahead. I could say something, but that would be a little. My mind went there too. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Someone already got it anyway. So yeah, any questions tonight? I like that name, Orion. I don't know why. It just you remind me of someone who lives in the woods or something. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah. He's got that lumberjack, but a very like an eco-friendly lumberjack. A tree sitter. <laughs> Socks. There you go. I got him. <laughs> no, no questions. <laughs>